Here we go. Legendary. Mic check, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the Grip Podcast, episode 19 and a half. I'm saying 19 and a half because I skipped, I think, episode 13 or 14 just in my numbering sequence. So in order to get myself back on course, I believe this is 19 and a half. If I'm completely wrong about that. I'm sorry. I'm going to pull it up real quick and uh, take a look and just make sure. And uh, yeah, 19.5. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. You can listen to the Grit Podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube. Uh, I'm not sure if I just repeated myself there. And just search for the Grit Podcast. Um, Grit Podcast is about speaking to people about uncomfortable topics and turning stereotypes on their head and uh, being real and trying to get a grip on life. Um, Each episode, I try to speak to a different guest, but I will obviously have some repeat guests. Like today, we will be talking with Leah again. Leah is going to be a recurring guest. If you tuned in the past, I think I may have already said that, but I plan on having her back several, several times. She, I want her to become a staple uh, on this podcast. Um, we don't, I think, share the exact same views on things, but that's okay. Um, I learn a lot from her, and I like talking to her, and she stretches me and pushes my boundaries and causes me to think about things I normally wouldn't think about. Um, and she also helps articulate things that um, I know inside, but... Uh, don't know how to articulate or don't have the words for um, as she has studied a lot of these issues uh, and then me being an African-American male live those issues um, we always don't know how to articulate them we just know what we feel and it's kind of hard to express that sometimes so uh, we're going to talk to her talk to her here shortly uh, right now you are listening to The Ugly People the song is called Kale um, this is an album, um, leave an EP put out by a friend of mine, Sasquatch. Um, he's not actually in this song, so I'm going to skip to another one real quick. Just to give them a shout out. Oops, sorry about that. We got the revolution pointing straight. Yeah, the album is, uh, The Ugly People. Look forward on uh, any streaming service. Support each other. Support black artists. Support black music. Support black people. We need to support each other. Um, I don't like to just talk about that. I like to be about that. A lot of people just talk about it because it sounds good on social media or when you're having a conversation with somebody. Nah, put access to your words. Um, 
support things that you stand to not gain anything from I, I i gain nothing from this we need to help each other support each other just because it's the right thing to do and it helps progress uh, issues that we believe in and so on and so forth so then i heard the hello daddy you went there my daughter walked into the house to hug me right there on the rock for a second we got the rep revolution pointing straight all right straight at your who you know shot dope before birth Touch turf and fertilize the earth With a verse, I'm third, second and first You rehearse catching the hurts Mr. Universe, make your crew disperse Like if you was cursed The truth hurts and it kills you to listen I'm consumed with a mission Putting food in the kitchen Assume niggas snitching if they catch and release them Performance at the precinct Guess the singing was decent I'm the noble nigga rich Vigorous, fit, ridiculous Innocence, ain't no innocence We participants Hands dirty like mechanics and farmers. Don't panic, be calmer. Learn to manage your trauma, comma. Mama told me, nigga, fight if you lose. So when life light the fuse, I just tighten my shoes. I sing blues, but still open. Bruised, but unbroken. You become spoken. Good health, happy and hoping. Okay. The ugly people. John. We know him as Sasquatch. Derek Scott. Um. You know what? Never met Derek. Don't know your artist name. Hopefully that's right. Uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, call Leah and get into the shits. And just uh, hang tight for one second as we get this going. Um, actually, you know what? Right before I call her, let me do the... forgot to do the uh, playlist shuffle. Let me do this real quick. She can wait just one minute. I knew I was forgetting something. While I'm pulling this up, uh, you can subscribe to us. Uh, like I said, on um, all the music services, uh, the Spotify, the Google Play, Tidal. Let's see here. Instagram, Facebook. Here we go. Hint shuffle right now. Yo, Rock, I really knocked the boost on these two big buff females last night. <laughs> now I'm on my way back to 112 to find two more freaks. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. Is you with me? Jermaine Dupree, T-Sweat, ROC. I'm the type you see at the bar, fresh, Going home with me. Up. And every girl I talk to, yeah, I'm trying to cut. I tell them all I'm she-she, and it's nice to meet you. Real quick, I tell her how she got all the right features. The jams come on, and the glasses get refilled. We dance and watch the relations build. Now I'm all up in the air, and she listening. At the same time, watching high nigga glistening. Bling, bling, I'm thinking it's about time to go. Get the B out of LA and start the late night show. Niggas hate, I know, but I don't stop. I shine, I'm in the club, hey, we, same place, same time, same thing on the mind, party, party, so the hell with all that, I'm trying to find somebody, the right kind, before the lights come on, shit, I'm trying to take something home, now if I buy you a drink, then you drink it up, then up, uh, you going home with me, and on my nigga, you say, talking at a party, and we talk too much, then up, uh, you going home with me, yeah, now if you came with a friend that don't want to do my man, then you need to get it for your kids, Tell her to call you tomorrow or give you a beat Cause the night you're going home with me Nancy because my name's Jermaine No, it's okay, all there about we go. how I kick my game no. That rock to the chorus Um, Hopefully this song The ladies are consensual I would I would think they're being consensual And JD saying you're going home with me Just want to make sure I'm sensitive to that And 
not going to support any kind of rape culture, um, obviously. So I just want to make that clear real quick. Let's go ahead and call Leah. Hey, how you doing? Good. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I want to say long time no talk. I know. Right? It's been a while. <laughs> couple weeks. Co- has it been a couple weeks? <laughs> I think so. Or okay. a month, maybe? I don't know. Oh, really? A, no, a month? I don't think it's been a month. <laughs> <laughs> well, we text, not. you know, obviously, but I can't remember. Right. I think, was it the podcast was the last time I spoke to you on the phone? I think so, yeah. Oh, okay. Sounds about right. Okay. Well, we're live on the podcast as usual. I call you while the uh, mic is hot, <laughs> so you are on the air. Um, how you been? I guess before we kind of get anything, everything all right? Anything you're comfortable yeah. sharing on the on the podcast? I don't want to get too personal. <laughs> um, yeah, doing well. It's been busy. I'm kind of tired. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a really busy week, all but week. yeah, but I have the weekend now to kind of chill and. You know, do laundry. Yeah. <laughs> All the exciting, exciting <laughs> things in life. Adulting. <laughs> do the dishes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's when we do our laundries on the Saturday and Sunday. Right. We don't have a lot of time during the week to do all that stuff. Yeah. The week is kind of like, okay, survive the work week and then weekend we can catch up on all that stuff. So. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's what's going on over here. How about yeah. you guys? Uh, not you much. Um, you know, same old, same old. Um, I put out that poster you saw uh, for um, Be Honest. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is, uh, it turned out better than I thought it was going to be. I didn't really know what it was going to look like. I did a photo shoot with the two um, actors and then just started messing with the images and came up with that. And it seems nice. to be all right. People seem to like it. I like it. I wondered if you did it or. Oh, yeah, I did it. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, of course I did. Yeah, it was me. It was all me. me. Yeah, I'm just that talented. (laughs) (laughs) My talents cannot be be contained. (laughs) Yeah. So I think we're going to shoot that in April, and then I probably won't have it edited until, I don't know, June, July. We'll see. And okay. um, we're definitely going to have you credited in there for the work you did. Well, thanks. You know, <laughs> and hopefully it turns out well. I feel like the pressure's on me now, by the way, because like I, you know, we, we worked on it. We wrote it. Um, we got your input. We changed, you know, and then we I think we ended up with a really good script, right? I think so. I was like, wow, that's like kind of like really good. <laughs> Okay, and so I met the actors, and they read it, and they were, like, super excited and committed, and so they're all pumped up, and I put the poster out, and, like, I was sitting there, and I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I got to... Y'all have actually got to do something with this final product, right? I like, I actually have to deliver this thing now. I have too many people that know about this now. (laughs) I've already put me and my wife's name on it as writers and all this, and... And like the actor, when uh, Theo was saying to me, he's like, okay, like, how do you want to shoot it? And what kind of ideas do you have with the angles and this and all that? And, you know, like, how you want to capture this mood and what are the beats? And I was like, oh, man. Uh. <laughs> You're like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> 
ang- angles. <laughs> yeah, like I thought about it loosely, but just not like in the in the way he was. I was like, huh. You know, I got a little more work to do. So you're like, I'll be researching for the next two months. Yeah, hardcore. Yeah. He's like, how many cameras are you gonna have? And the other side, I was like, ah. <laughs> so. You all have taken this to a level that I was not prepared to go. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it'll be fine. Um, People keep doing that to you, man. Yeah, exactly. That's right. what I did to you, right? <laughs> You're like, wait, wait, wait. Hold up. But no, like, all jokes aside, like, I think that's how people grow. You yeah. know? Yeah. Just being uncomfortable in uncomfortable situations and, and reaching and trying to expand, you know? And, that's true. Yeah, I think that's you grow true. being comfortable. Very true. You know, um, so that's that. Uh, I see a lot of your posts on Facebook, and um, <laughs> that I, I like your post. <laughs> <laughs> I warned you there'd be a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wasn't lying, was I? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> have there been certain ones that have caught no. your eye? Or I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, nothing like nothing that I I wouldn't expect from you. You know, I'm like. Yeah, I mean that's how. After you know, speaking with you and talking with you, yeah, um, it's it's interesting though. I like to see because me and you talk specifically a lot about um, racism and 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 we kind of stay around that topic. Right. And so it's kind of interesting to see you post about other things like this one here. I mean, I guess it's kind of all kind of tied in a little bit. But you're talking about like deported parents may lose kids to adoption, adoptions, and. Um, I think you reposted. Uh, did you? It was that. Um, what is her name? Oh, Alexandria. Alexandria. Yeah. Yeah. She's something, isn't she? I think she's freaking <laughs> amazing. She, she's awesome. I want to get a shirt with her face on it. <laughs> Some of my guy friends are like, "Oh my, OMG! I have such a big crush on her." And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> join the join the line. There's probably probably thousands of you." <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, man. It's kind of cute, though. <laughs> I think she's going to run for president someday. I would. I hope so. I mean, she's only she's young too. She's like thirty or something. Yeah, she's probably not even eligible to run. I think you got to be thirty five. But yeah, I mean, give her a few more years. I mean, I'm not even saying she couldn't run now, but I know a few this more is years, and she's gonna. I mean, she's already a firecracker. So. Oh yeah, this is her first year, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's I mean, like her just first, getting started. Second month, I think. Her first month. She's she's brand new. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So you saw the video where she was like oh. breaking down government. It was hilarious. Like government corruption. And it's like, yeah, it was just brilliant. Yeah. She's like, I'm so. going to be a bad guy and we're going to see what I can get away with, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend I'm a bad guy. And then just, I mean, and it was so hilarious too. Cause she's like, let's play a lightning round. I was like, I don't feel like that's usually terminology people use in those settings. Like let's play a lightning round, like a lightning round of what? Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was funny the way she you got, approached that too. You got her in there and then you got like all these like old white guys and they're like, what right. the hell is going on right now <laughs> and she's literally just asking them like a yes or no question like so-and-so is that correct and right like, yeah, yeah yes like you know they don't really they don't want to answer but they have to she's like addressing them personally so yeah. yeah that was a pretty brilliant thing but yeah i mean i definitely even though we talk uh, most about racism i mean 
there's lots of other topics that I'm super interested in, maybe just not quite as informed at this point, you know, about immigration and um, sexism and yeah, adoption, because there's a lot of um, uh, overlap between the experiences of transracially adopted kids and mixed race folks. And so I'm invested and I have a lot of friends who've transracially adopted. So I have a lot of opinions um, in that area. So yeah. Yeah. Lots of areas I'm interested in. Yeah. (laughs) And from living overseas, you know, there's a lot of things that came up there that um, I'm interested in too. So. Yeah. So I'm, I, I take note of the things that you post and I write them down. I'm like, okay, you know, potential topics for other, you know, conversations we might have. Yeah. Um, just kind of, so yeah. I would say it's nice seeing the other things that you're in, interested in. Yeah. Um, I'm actually writing something down right now. Adoption. Um, so, yeah, um, there was something I wanted to ask you before we jump into it was sure. uh, it was just a thought I was, I, don't know, I was I just had the other day where like you saw you saw that Cory Booker's running for president. I did, yes. Okay, so like you see Cory Booker running for president, and you see uh, Kamala Harris, and you see uh, there's this lady I just saw this morning. Um, I think she's like Oprah Winfrey's spiritual counselor or something. Uh, okay. Her, her name is uh, Marianne Williamson, and she says uh, there's a headline here. Democratic presidential candidate calls for 100 billion in slavery reparations, and so so she's saying that. And you hear Cory Booker. I don't know if you've heard anything he said, but he's like super black this, super black that, black 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 black. Uh, Kamala Harris is like at Howard and doing her thing, and and black this black. What's happening? <laughs> What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> Because, like, Barack Obama, me and my wife kind of talked about this briefly. Like, Barack Obama, I think this is all possible because of Barack Obama. And, and you can give me your opinion. This is just obviously just my opinion. Um, it seems like Barack Obama laid the groundwork for all this. Like, Barack Obama, he, like, he seemed to me to toe that line very well where he he didn't he didn't ever propose himself as the black candidate. Right. He put him, himself up as the, you know... America's candidate, you know, right, I'm everybody's right, right. president, but we all know he's got brown skin. So um, I get that he didn't have to say it because he was it. Right. And there was a lot of backlash, obviously, because of that. But I've, I've heard people give him like shit because he didn't speak out more about black issues. Sure. And I get that. But I also get the position he was in and things he had to do to, to, to you know, hold that office and and. I don't know what his belief system was and how he thought about that other than what I heard him say. And I thought he said a lot of things and like powerful speeches, like this, I don't remember the speech he had about um, Jeremiah Wright when he was saying, God damn America and God damn like white people or something. And then Barack Obama came up back with that speech about how he can't disown him other more, any more than he can disown his racist mother or grandmother. Um, I think it was, who was scared of black people. And he had this like amazing speech that came from that incident um, that I thought was amazing. And he talked about a lot of issues that I've never heard talked about on the political stage 
And so I guess I was saying all that to say, I think Barack Obama laid the groundwork for all these people to come out and be like super pro proud to be black. And it's interesting to watch some of that unfold. That's kind of my take on it. Yeah. So I'll just be completely honest. I haven't gotten a chance really. I mean, I heard that, that Booker announced that he was going to run. I knew about Kamala Harris, but I haven't gotten a chance to really research or read anything. because It's been such a crazy week. Um, and I don't know a ton, honestly, about their political past either. You mm-hmm. know, like, do these things that they're saying now line up with the way they've always been and the way they've always voted? And you know what I'm saying? Right. Because that's something I always look at with political candidates, you know, because you want to know that what they're saying now isn't just taking advantage of a moment or, you know, you want to know that, like, they've been consistent um, so what's the moment? In the stances. Well, I mean, a thought that came to mind for me, like you, you're kind of coming from the the side of you know Obama laid the foundation for what you're saying is this very pro-black rhetoric, but I I see that as more. Um, I mean, that could definitely could be a piece of it, but mm-hmm. with people who are disenfranchised with um, or disillusioned with Trump. Like, I feel like that lays right just as much of a foundation, if not more so, for somebody to come in, you know what I'm saying, and, and just, speak to mm-hmm. people that are not a fan of his and, and not a fan of the the kind of ideological platforms that Trump has been succeed running and succeeding on, you know? So I wonder if it's partially that kind of like, – like I think we talked about before. I think that's fair. I think um, Trump was the backlash or white lash, as I call it, right, of Obama, right? We just had our first African-American president. And so then there's this, like, pull to go backwards, right, with people that that, that, um, incited fear or that's not the direction they want to see our country go or it's too liberal or it's too – people of color or it's too, you know, so let's go backwards. Right. So I think that's what paved the way for Trump to be able to, to, to succeed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there could also be now some backlash to that, right? <laughs> like right. now we've had Trump here with all the things he's been saying and doing. And now there's like a moment and a, um, opportunity for people to get, you know, someone to give, people that didn't agree with him (laughs) what they're looking for kind of a backlash to trump does that make sense yeah yeah definitely i don't know i mean like i said i haven't looked into um harris or or booker too much yet so um i mean i've heard some complaints about them (laughs) Mm -hmm. but i haven't really like investigated it myself yet to see kind of see what's going on so yeah yeah, but it's definitely i think going to be a very fascinating uh election for sure yeah it's just interesting for me to see because like we black people like we live in this world where like we're always kind of constantly trying to be heard and get our point of view across so we can have a better life and then like all of a sudden you see like all these white people just being really pro-black and it's like wait what you know it's just it's just it's kind of it's just shocking you know wait Wait, what white folks being pro-black? Of uh, these candidates, like these presidential people, and I get that there's a political, you know, gain from that because of the moment, like you said, that we're in. Uh, 
Um, and I even see that not just the political people who are becoming like real pro, pro black. I see it from some personal relationships I have with people. Um, I'll have some white people, you know, talk to me about things and they'll kind of sometimes be overly, you know, pro black to the point where it's like, okay, I get it. You know, like you're <laughs> relax, man. You know, it's, it's going to be fine. I hear you. And yeah. they're, and I get what the, <clears throat> they're trying to do. Um, but I'm like, it's just, you know, in time, you know, just, just ease into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like it's like over, sometimes it's, it's too much. Um, too much in that you feel like it's not genuine or explain that a little bit more. Um, it, it feels, it feels to me as if it's like, I now coming from what I'm, what I think is going on in their head. It feels to me like, okay, I've realized that black people have been treated a certain way in this country and I have been, um, you know, blind to that. And I see it now and I see the truth and I see the reality of it. And so I'm going to be super, super duper supportive of all things black. And yeah, it's like, I, I appreciate that, you know, but with like with anything it, in order to really understand what you're talking about, it's going to take time and experience and just dealing with all kinds of different black people. Some of us have agendas, some of us don't have agendas. There's just a lot to it. It's just not simply, I'm pro-black everything, you know? Right, right, right. I get what you're saying. Kind of like the passion is there, but the experience or information or knowledge is not has a long way to go. Yeah, it's going to take time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all. That I'm makes saying. sense. That makes sense. I thought at first that you said white, you were talking about when you said white folks being pro-black, I thought you were talking about Harris and Booker. And I was like, wait, I think they're both black. Like, oh, no, 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 not them. For a second. I was like, yeah, I got, I just got confused for a no, second. But, so that's why. Yeah, like I'm looking at this lady here. Um, I think Marianne Williams is a lady. Then I think I saw, um, oh, was it Sherrod Brown? It might have been Sherrod Brown. He's, uh, I think he's, he's a governor or somebody in Ohio. And he damn near said Black Lives Matter on CNN. And he's like an old white guy, and I was like, "Wait, what?" And so it's just huh. it's just interesting to see that from from those old white people because that they normally don't say anything, right? But now well, they're just, that would make you know, that would make me curious to, again. I mean, I think I'm always skeptical, little, you know, suspicious of politicians, right? Absolutely. Like, what are what are we saying here? That's really what you believe, or what are you saying? To try to get the votes you know so that's what i guess i was getting at with like knowing their history and does this align with where you know other decisions they've made and other stances they've taken or is this to capitalize on you know to try to get a certain portion of votes i guess so but, question let me ask you this real quick okay i don't want to get too far down this down this rabbit hole but <laughs> so let's say you have a white politician who is taking advantage of the moment and it's not genuine and they're 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 doing all these you know pro black things. Would it is it wrong for black people to take advantage of that moment to advance our issues and our causes? Wait a minute, you said a, you have a white politician. Yeah, you got like a white politician. Let's just 
throw out a, a, a scenario here. Let's say they're not being genuine. They're just doing it for political gain. And they're doing, they're saying all this pro-black stuff and they're pushing for black issues or whatever it could be. It could be, you know, I don't know, um, cracking down on police or, you know, anything like that. Would it be wrong for black people to try to capitalize on that moment? By like by voting for that person? By voting or, and let's say the person actually followed through, you know, the, the motivation is wrong. But, you know, the effect could be positive. Well, I was get, that's what I was getting ready to hit at was the follow through. Like, that's what I don't trust is if people are just saying if politicians are just saying certain things mm-hmm. to get the vote, are they really going to follow through on it? But I think sometimes they do. Like, I've been surprised at some of the stuff, honestly, that Trump's followed through on that I thought was just. I mean, I knew a lot of it he was serious about, but I thought some of it was just rhetoric, stuff mm-hmm. that, that he had had inconsistencies in his stance on certain issues mm-hmm. throughout his political career. But some of that he's followed through on. So I guess, I mean, that's the thing you don't know, right? Like if it's not genuine, you don't know if people are going to follow through on putting those things into law or changing laws. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think it's a I feel like it's a game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I guess everybody's kind of rolling the dice, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess you can't really know a person's true motivation. Um, yeah. I'd just that be can curious. Be hard. That can be hard to know, too. Yeah. I just remember, like, something that came to mind when you were talking about um, pro-black white politicians. I remember this um, clip that I saw during this last election of, um, and it was like record, you know, it was a video recording. Some, a couple black folks are, were interviewing Hillary Clinton and you may, I don't know, you may have seen this. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like it was like a radio show or something, podcast, something like that. And somehow like a joke came up about like hot sauce or something. And then Clinton was saying, I carried it in my like, purse. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And it was just the most like to me anyways, it looked like the most obvious like pandering. You know that you could see of somebody trying to be like down with the black community. You know what I'm saying? And it was just apparently you saw it, right? Yeah. If you mm-hmm. knew what I was talking about. And so I was just like, oh, it just made me like grown it was so awkward so but would you like okay so when that shit is happening and it's either it's like her or the who was she running it was was it trump or was it yeah yeah, yeah. was that what it, was that what it was okay yeah and uh, i don't remember how many times she's run for president i don't know <laughs> um, I just once just once okay i feel I like think. she's been running forever for some reason <laughs> um and somebody said she might run again and i was like no don't do that. <laughs> I have You're my like, reasons. She's already run ten times. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like when she's pandering like that, and we're like, "Damn, you know, her or Trump." You know what I mean? It's like we got to go with the panderer. You would right. think, but but I've heard several black people point this out, and I know this personally, where they're like, you know, some Democrats are are. Um, 
scarier than some Republicans because it's like a Republic. I'm not blanketing, blanketing all Republicans, but I'll just say like, you know, enemies that you know they're your enemy. It's they're right. easy to spot. Right. Right. Okay. Right. <clears throat> I get what you're saying. But like, if you have a friend who's pretending to be your friend, and they can they right. they, they can use that to their advantage while they're doing you know other shady stuff. So right. I've heard people say that you know you got to watch Democrats and and not just give them your support because you got to see what they're really up to. Right. I think that's true of anybody, right. any party. Right. You don't know. You got to look. You got to see. I mean, that's the same thing I was saying about Booker and Harris. Like, right. you know, just because they're black or they're this or they're that or they're saying certain rhetoric. You got, I think people, you know, you got to look at people's past. You got to look at their patterns. You got to look at what they've what their behavior has consistently been. Not right. that people can't change their behavior, but, you know. That consistency, I think, is really important. So, right. okay, so um, I, let me get off politics. I, this is things <laughs> that have been on my mind. Um, sure. Okay, so racial fetishes. Uh, I hear paper uh, ruffling in the in the background over there. Oh, uh, it's not paper. It's actually I. My apartment has these old radiators, and when uh, they turn on, okay, they look. Okay. Sorry, that I thought I heard this. Oh. I'm like, oh no, she's got notes. <laughs> I do have some notes, but it's not paper. <laughs> I have 500 pages of notes here that I'm ruffling through. <laughs> yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. So let me let me let me ask you this. Let me pick up where my last note was, and, and let, let's see if it lines up with kind of where you're wanting to go with this. Okay. The last thing I had here, uh, like I was, I don't know if you remember, I was telling you, I was only halfway through, like down the page oh, of things I wanted right. to talk to you about. So, right. like, where I left off was this was kind of a continuation of that first podcast we had together. Um, I think people were saying, "How can your dad be a racist when he's married to a Chinese woman?" Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. So, I'm trying to decide if I should just launch right into that or I'm, if I should lay a little bit of, like, background, like a little foundation first. Yeah, go ahead and do that. Foundation? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you mentioned my parents' relationship, and we've also brought up, you know, left off a couple podcasts saying, okay, we're going to talk about racial fetishes, we're going to talk about racial fetishes, but really, I think... Um, as you talked about with my parents, this is more going to be about interracial or intercultural relationships mm -hmm. um, and the ways that, um, yeah, things like fetishes, stereotypes, sexism, racism can play into who people date, who, who people want to date, who people won't date. Um so, yeah, I guess that's a little mm -hmm. foundation for where – I mean, we'll see where we go. We always go somewhere unexpected, so yeah. <laughs> we may not end up there. Right. But that's kind of the thought behind it. And, you know, I, I've been um, misinterpreted on this this issue in the past. So let me just throw out there, I'm not at all anti-interracial relationships. <laughs> 
sometimes people make that assumption of like if you're critiquing something then that means you're against it it's like no i'm not against this i'm just wanting to talk about some of the complications or some of the things that can happen within um you know relationships and so again i'm not anti-interracial relationships um I, i really can't be i think you and i have talked about this before like i'm you know i'm i'm white and Chinese. And like, I remember really long time ago, one of my brother's friends and I, we became really, really good friends. We'd have all these in-depth conversations about lots of stuff. And one time he asked me if I, um, dated outside my race. And I was like, well, what are you perceiving my race to be? Um, because like, if you're asking me, do I only date white Chinese folks then the answer to that is no right i don't like that that population is like so basically i I won't date anyone in my whole life like that population is a pretty tiny population it's an odd question right so like yes i i date interracially like as a mixed race person i i almost don't you know what i'm saying have a choice if i want to date and so Um, but, but, but beyond just the personal, um, you know, anti, like there's the whole, like white supremacy was very, was very, um, anti interracial relationships, right? Like anti-miscegenation laws. So obviously I'm not on board with repeating that, right? White supremacy tried to keep the, the so-called purity of whiteness, right? By making it illegal for white folks to marry or have relations with other people of color, right? That was up until the late 1960s. Um, And so, you know, I'm not about trying to replicate any of that. So, um, yeah, so most of this, I think, has my thoughts on all this has come from a very personal place of trying to understand my parents' relation very complicated relationship and then also um you know navigating my own my own dating relationships um yeah do you have any thoughts on that or questions so far no no you're fine you're on a roll okay um so yeah so people ask like you mentioned um how could your dad marry your mom because i've openly referred to my dad as a white supremacist for some years now And so people are always, I get this question all the time. People are just shocked. Like, wait, 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 what? You know, your, your mom's Chinese and your dad's racist. So why in the world would he have married her? And kind of my quick answer has come to be in the same way a man who's sexist can marry a woman. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, oh, really? Did that one hurt? Oh, oh <laughs> really? Like I just stabbed you. <laughs> <laughs> I just stabbed you through the phone. <laughs> That's interesting. I've never heard it put that way. Yeah, because it's like we have this idea, right? Well, we have lots of ideas around these things. So let me go back to the the race piece, right? We have all these ideas that people in relationship, whether that's sexual or platonic people in white folks in relationship with people of color can't be racist right you hear this all the time well right. i can't be racist i've i have black friends or my best friend is 
Chinese or I adopted black kids or I married, you know, a black person or uh, whatever. Like people try to use that as their reason why they can't be racist. And in my in in my mind, that's just as silly, right, as saying, oh, well, a man who's sexist wouldn't marry a woman like that happens all the time. Um, and I think part of that, I, I was reading the article the other day um, about racial fetishes, and it was talking about how white supremacy is already about the fetishization of power and domination. Wait, like white. Wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Say that one more time. <laughs> White supremacy is about the fetishization of power and domination. Right? So basically, white supremacy, racism, is already at its core obsessed with power, domination of the other. Power and domination of the other. Are you tracking? Yeah, I, I'm just writing this down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. And so I think you also, I mean, the same could be said of patriarchy and sexism, right? It's about the about power and domination, about holding the power as males, as men, and keeping that from women. So I think all of these, whether it's racism or sexism, it's already all about power and dom domination over a certain other. And so what, what would prevent that from extending into intimate relationships? Nothing, nothing, nothing would prevent that. Mm -mm. Right. It's not just those core uh, principles that racism and sexism are, are operating on aren't just going to change, right? Like I operate on that and all these area, other areas of life. But then when it comes to my intimate relationships, oh, all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, why would it stop there? Power and domination are no longer a factor. No, I guess that's not how it works. And so, um, and we, sorry, I'll get back to my parents' relationship in a second. But just to give a, a kind of classic example of that, right? We, we mentioned this before about um you know this this very common widely known fact of like so many black women that were being raped by white men during you know the times of the enslavement of black folks it's like they obviously white these white men obviously dehumanized <laughs> um black folks and saw them as inferior or they wouldn't have been able to enslave them and abuse them in the way that they did. But that also extended into, um, into the, the sexual arena, I guess I, I can put it that way, mm -hmm. right? That same power and domination. And so anyways, okay. So back to <laughs> I'm with you. Getting off on a bunny trail already, but kind of back to, okay. So back to my parents' relationship, that's kind of become my kind of classic answer mm -hmm. because it's kind so how could your dad marry your mom? Well, the same way a man who's sexist could marry a woman. It's kind of my way to answer the question, but also make people chew on 
chew on it, right? Chew on something, kind of figure it out for themselves a little bit. Um, And because it's such a hard question to answer, like it's very complicated, which I'm going to go into all that, right? There's a lot of layers to it. So when somebody that I don't know very well just asks me that, it's like, well, how much time do you have? Like you're, you're wanting me to give you a two second answer and it's, there is no two second answer. Right. And so anyways, that's just kind of become my, my little bit of a go-to answer just to kind of, yeah, give people something, but also let them chew on it themselves. Yeah. That's the clip um, I'm going to put up on Instagram immediately. <laughs> I, I wrote down the time, that's it. the time mark. So I'm like, yep, that's going up. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that kind of gets at the fact that, you know, there can be this, love, hate, you know, people want to look at racism and sexism as if it's all or nothing, right? Mm -hmm. We've talked about this before, but it's a spectrum. So you can have somebody who looks at a person and is attracted to them, but also is fetishizing them or is attracted to them, but is also dehumanizing them in some ways, or, you know, you get these like mixes. And so that's, I guess, what we're going to get into here so let me break down unless you have questions first no you're fine or comments okay so let me go into a little bit more my parents relationship and then we can kind of branch off um from there so you know this is okay so my mom passed away when i was 19. so she's not really around you know by the time i had all these deep questions about life and her relationship with my dad and Chinese culture, you know, she wasn't really around, around to answer those. Um, but, you know, I've spent a lot of time trying to understand, I guess, as we all do, right? Understanding our parents' relationship, understanding the, the dynamics there. And I feel like with my parents, um, because of the racial dynamic there, there may be extra layers there. So, so the long answer to how could your dad marry your mom? <laughs> um, so my dad, um, he, first of all, he was 15 years older than my mom. Mm-hmm. This was his third marriage. He had a son already from his first marriage. My mom, so when they met, you know, my mom was in, you know, probably like 20, 21, 22, early 20s, never been married, gorgeous, Um, my dad was in his mid to late thirties, had already had two failed marriages, you know, had a child already. They met in church, some kind of like singles group or something. Um, but there's already some interesting dynamics there, right? Like a 15 year age difference, Mm -hmm. um, very different places in life as far as he's already been married several times before that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Something my dad would always tell us kids growing up is that we were white. He would say, you're white because your father's white. Um, And I, over the years, came to understand, especially with how racist I came to understand that my father is, uh, I started to understand that my dad had engaged in a lot of cognitive dissonance to be able to marry my mother, right? So he'd jump through all these like mental hoops because he's racist and -hmm. looked down on uh, people of color. He had to kind of jump through these hoops in his mind 
to allow himself to marry a person of color. And so I think what that what that looked like for him was one, the reason I mentioned him, you know, telling us you're white because your father's white. He had convinced himself, I believe, that he could marry a Chinese woman but have white children. So that was one of his areas of cognitive dissonance, which I know doesn't make sense. <laughs> no. But if you <laughs> write at all, <laughs> you're like, he's crazy, which I don't disagree with you <laughs> at all. But but there is this notion, like different cultures have, have um, different ways that they believe race is passed to the children, right? So some cultures are matrilineal. They believe the race is passed to the children from the mother. But because of patriarchy, a lot of cultures are patrilineal, patrilineal notions of racial descent. So cultures that believe the child gets their race from the father. Um, and so I think that's what my dad either was taught or some, well, he got that from somewhere. I don't know where he got that from, mm -hmm. but I think he bought into this notion of patrilineal racial descent, right? So whatever your father is, that's what you are. And I've encountered this in some places. Like I got into a long conversation in um, Tanzania and other places about this. There was a mixed, he wasn't mixed race, but he was mi mixed ethnicity, right? So he came, his father was from one um, tribal group and his mother was from another ethnic group. And he was like, you know, I never thought of that about that. I'm from two different ethnic groups, but I've always been told I have to identify as my father's group, right? So you see this in lots of different cultures around the world. So I think that's one of the elements that allowed my dad to convince himself, right, that he could marry a person of color so, and it could be okay. So what is that again? You said, what was the difference you were you were trying to make? or point out between race and ethnicity. What was that? Um, yeah. So we wouldn't consider this, this young man in Tanzania, we wouldn't consider that he was multiracial, right? Mm -hmm. Because race typically refers to physical features, whereas he both of his parents were black. Okay. But as far as his ethnicity, like his specific cultures, I don't remember what two ethnic groups, um, um, that he was, but his parents were from two different and distinct ethnic groups in Tanzania. Um, so eth ethnicity meaning more the cultural group that they're from. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I've never heard the two broken up. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, okay. So my dad, was very insistent on this patrilineal um, racial descent, right? So, okay, so I can marry this Chinese woman, but at least I'll have white children because they'll be what their father is and I'm white. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then I think the other thing, um, so after I went to school in Chicago for a couple of, year, couple of years, left that town of 500 where I was raised, went to school in Chicago for a couple of years and started to kind of develop my racial identity and my racial awareness. Um, I started challenging a lot of these comments that my dad would make, right? Like you are what your father is or these different just comments that he would kind of offhandedly make. And so 
Um, and I also started to assert how I identified, right? So I identified as, um, as mixed race, as Chinese and white, as Asian American, um, these different terms. And so my dad and I started to get into a lot of arguments around age, like when I was about 19 or 20, I started to get into a lot of arguments about race because he didn't agree and didn't like the way I was identifying um, and it would become very, I mean, extremely heated. He would get like enraged that I was acknowledging and embracing my Chinese identity. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was never at the exclusion or rarely at the, ex- I mean, I, at the exclusion of my white side, I would be like, no, I have a white parent. I have a Chinese parent. That means I'm both right. <laughs> like literally genetically, <laughs> physically, mm-hmm. both of these things. Right. But he was so insistent that I identify solely as white. And so in one of those arguments, I remember, you know, me just I was just exasperated. And I finally was like, "Okay, well, if I'm white, then what was mom? And his answer was, well, she was Christian. (laughs) And I'm like whoa, 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 wait a minute. Like you just changed categories, right? We're talking about race and you just switched into religion. Like that's not even what we're talking about here. But that I think kind of led me to understand another area where my dad, right, had this cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. So I, so I think he, uh, you're probably know where I'm going to go with this, but right. So like, well, my mom was Chinese, which was inferior <laughs> because he's a white supremacist, mm-hmm. but she's Christian, which I think in his mind kind of erased or glossed over her nasty yellowness, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, um, and one of my, I was actually catching up with an old friend the other day and he put that into words that I'd never thought of. He's like, that's a colonizer mindset. Right. That, that's what the colonizers did to indigenous folks in the Americas or to African folks on the African continent. Right. We're going to erase like your, your native or your black and that's inferior and subpar and substandard. But if we give you Jesus, <laughs> then oh. that's going to make you it's going to, quote unquote, save your soul and make you OK, even though you're racially inferior now you're 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 you know if we convert you then somehow that's gonna (laughs) i can't even put it into words because it's like so dumb but you know that colonizer mindset if we're gonna erase all the nastiness about you and your culture your language your beliefs your your quote-unquote witchcraft right and and give you jesus and then you'll be acceptable to us okay right and so he was kind of applying that to my dad that, that him saying, well, your mom was Christian as a way to kind of cover over her race was the same way colonizers approached people of color. Okay. You have a question. Okay. Do you think that's still, well, never mind. That's a rhetorical question. (laughs) (laughs) Would you say that's still happening today? Yeah. And I mean, I think that's, you mean the Christian, the the yes, 
Oh, absolutely. Right. I mean, that's a big piece of why I have so many issues with Christianity okay. right now so, and why I'm struggling a lot. Okay. So I don't know if you heard any of my the podcasts I did last week. Where we, you know, I listened about... to it all. I told you I was going to. <laughs> Thanks for the shout out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got you. I got you. <laughs> and, okay, so in my spiritual awakening, if, if that's the word, I, I that's all I got, um, where I was exiting religion, exiting Christianity, um, to this day... I can't really articulate why I, 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 I'm not at peace with, I, I, I'm like, I can't, I can't. Like, I believe in a God, if you will, but I can't get down with Christianity. And a lot of people treat me weird because of that. Um, or they'll look at me weird, black, black people. Right. Okay. White people always look at me weird. Uh, <laughs> okay. But it's, it's funny to see black people treat me weird when I say I'm not a Christian. I can't I can't support Christianity. I can't support a religion that that suppressed and, and enslaved my people. Right. I can't do and it. It still does. I it's, mean it's Christianity still, yes. is still perpetuating white supremacy, the institution of American Western Christian well, Western Christianity is still uh um perpetuating white supremacy today i mean that's still happening yeah it's so it's just really weird for me to have black people defend jesus and christianity to me i'm like i'm like fam i'm like what are you doing like (laughs) right like what is happening right now (laughs) yeah and And i think for oh go ahead i was gonna say i don't it's i i kind of get it where i think they're in their head it's Jesus is God, and I, they don't even see it that way. Uh, the way I'm, I'm talking about it, like the way I'm talking about it to them, probably sounds like sin or, or something crazy un- talk, something, or something ungodly. Yeah, I'm like, no, just look at, just look at it. Right, like it's not rocket science. <laughs> right. Well, and I think what I'm trying to figure out right now is anything can be used in a way misused mm-hmm. right you can take anything and, and misuse it and twist it and use it for destructive purposes so i think in my own personal journey right now like i'm trying to figure out what is christianity at its heart versus how has it been used misused in mm-hmm. all these ways but that's really hard to do i mean i tell people all the time in studying what I studied and being in black studies, my conclusion was, you know, Western Christianity and white supremacy have been in bed together for centuries. Like you can't really debate that. If you look at, I mean, that's, that's that's pretty factual, right? Like if you look at, um, you know, the enslavement of black folks in this country, if you look at colonization, if you look at, uh, how indigenous folks were treated in this country, African folks were treated um, by by white Christians on the African continent. I mean, the justifications, Christianity was used to justify those things, you know, quote, quoting scriptures to enslave folks like slaves, obey your masters. And I mean, and you, I like those are other things my dad used to say to me. 
right? Where he would bring up this whole thing about, well, black folks are in the situation they're in because they're descendants of Ham, like this curse of Ham thing. I've heard that. You know, and and Ham was the son of Noah that was cursed, and so that's really why black folks are. It has nothing to do with white supremacy or or systemic racism. They're just cursed by God. I'm like, what kind of bullshit is that? Yeah, that's why they're. I mean, and that's dark. like, that's that was had to have been taught in at a systemic level within U.S. Christianity. You know what I'm saying? That that people have heard of that. That's a thing. That didn't just come out of nowhere. That had to have been something that was being taught on a systemic level in within Christianity in, in the U.S. And that's just one example. And there's probably thousands mm-hmm. of those. So I get what you're saying, and I'm kind of there too. And I think everybody goes through, um, well, I would say people that, that awaken to that history of that um, relationship between between racism and Christianity, Western Christianity, everybody has to go through this process of figuring out, I, I recently learned it's called decolonization, mm-hmm. right? Like decolonizing your faith. And I think some people, you know, decide, no, this is not for me. And some people somehow work through that sordid history and come out on the other side still believing or still believing Christianity is the way or trying to separate Christianity from white supremacy, but it's complicated. It's it's hard I mean, to do. It's super hard. Yeah. And I mean, even, even look at the KKK, the KKK, you had to be a Protestant to join the freaking KKK. The KKK was a deeply Christian I use that quote unquote, right? Christian organization. Mm-hmm. Like part of its requirement was you had to be Protestant. So like, come on, like those two Christianity and white supremacy in this country, like I said, have always been in bed together. They were in bed together from the very beginning of white folks landing on these shores and to try to unwind that is I don't know if it can be done, but at it, the very least, it's super complicated. It's really hard. Like I just from personal experience, that was one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life was exiting Christianity because that's yeah. all I was raised on. And right. that was like literally my foundation. So when I got out of that, it was like the ground was taken out from underneath Shaking. me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, I have nothing to stand on, right? Like, I don't know anything. I don't know what's what. I don't know which way is up and which way is down. I feel you. And But that but that breaking of me, you know, helped me evolve into who I am today. And I'm yeah. not here without that that breaking. So um, that's, that's, man, that is wild. What's wild? I mean, just, <laughs> just the whole history of it. And um, I don't, I don't get to talk to a lot of people about this. Yeah. Because like I said, mostly everybody's like, you're nuts. Right. You know, and like, this is what it is. And I've not always, but since my early twenties, um, late teens, I was always really uncomfortable with people presenting things to me that couldn't be questioned. Yeah. I'm like this, I can't tell you what it is, but I'm like, I don't, this doesn't feel right. Like, why can't I question things? 
That's a cult-like mindset. Yeah. That's why it's uncomfortable. Cults. That's what cults are. This is the truth. Do not question it. Fall in line. Obey. Done. Right? Yeah, doesn't feel right. Does, nope. Does not feel right in my soul. Like It doesn't yep. feel right. And I was constantly having this tug of war, you know, with what was taught to me and what I felt. And I right. felt like it was wrong. And I was like, I don't know why. And everybody's like, no, you have to have faith. Believe in God. Right. Blind faith. Question it and do this. And if you mm-hmm. don't, you're going to hell. I'm like, right. no, I'm like, ah, does, see, does it feel right? <laughs> well, and even that, I because I'm in this process right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, you're a lot further along. Sounds like than I am, or you've kind, of, yeah. But um, you know, I'm realizing how much of what I was taught being raised in Christianity was based on fear. So that can keep you tangled up, keep you from questioning things, right? Because there's this fear of like. Well, what if I'm wrong about this? Yeah. And then I'm going to like go to hell for forever. And so I've had to kind of like make myself not cave into the fear to be able to question what I need to question. Yeah. But I think there is so much like punishment or fear or like involved, just kind of wrapped up in the whole conversation of, of Christianity and religion that it can make it hard even personally, to be able to question it if those fears are too strong. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes a complete sense. I promise you. Like, I went through yeah. this. Yeah. And if, if I can say this, I'll say as quickly as I can. Um, and I kind of touched on it last week where I asked, uh, I said, you think God plays golf? <laughs> and that's like, a, like, okay, that's a weird question, right? Right. Like, why would, why would you say something like that? You think God plays golf? You think he plays video games? You th- what do you think? I mean, what do you think he does? Yeah. And I'm like, based on Christian logic, or, or I say Christian logic, they speak of God in a very, um, just in a God way. Like, you're telling me the creator. And I was like, I think I said this last week. You're telling me the creator of everything, based on what you say, the creator of everything, everything. That that includes moods, that that's feelings, uh, molecules, just everything. You mean to tell me he's to- or it, and that even pisses people off, by the way, too, because um, I don't like to say he or she. I don't know what God is. I'll say you mean to tell me that being is hung up on these simple rules that you present to me, as far as. You know, um, you'll hear some Christians talk about gay people. Right. You mean to tell me the creator of everything is hung up on gay? Yeah. <laughs> Skin color? Right. Sin? Yeah. I don't believe it. Yeah. I don't believe it. It doesn't, one plus one does not equal 5,000. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, it doesn't add up to you. It does yeah. not, that, I don't, that, no, no. And that's kind of how I got out of it myself because I'm like, it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. Well, and I'm to me. Uh, right, right. <laughs> I think another thing that really influenced me a lot in this part of my journey was I made a really good friend um, when I was at Ohio State who um, 
was a very devout Muslim, um, had had memorized the entire Quran, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Wow. Like I know, right? And she and I would talk about, um, and she was from she was from Saudi Arabia, so like one of the most, you know, hardcore Islamic. I mean, the the, the country that has religious police that go around making sure that you're obeying Islamic law, right? Like, so an intense place to live, especially as a woman, right? And so she and I had a ton of conversations about um, faith and religion. And, um, but to make the story short, one thing that she was always talking about was what was like true Islamic belief, because like I mentioned, she she'd memorized the Quran. So she had a pretty good understanding. She'd studied it, had a pretty good understanding of what was in that book. And versus what was used by the state, how Islam was used by the state as a form of social control or control of women. So kind of like separating those two and she would get into arguments with people all the time who would say well Allah says blah 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 or the Quran says blah 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 and she'd be like nope that's not actually what that means it really means this but the way that person is quoting it is how the country uses like the leaders in that country use that to control the people mm-hmm. and so I've tried to think about that in terms of like Christianity in this country. And like I said, I, I haven't come to any conclusions. It's super complicated, but yeah. that's what I'm trying to do right now is what elements of what I've been taught are really Christianity. And then what are the elements that have been used as a form of controlling people or suppressing women or, um, but it's hard. Yeah, it it's is. really hard to like, separate it so and like you said it's it's scary it is scary you know it is scary you said like what if if i'm wrong you know right (laughs) but i'm a firm believer in that if something can't hold up to questioning it wasn't that solid to begin with so i just have to keep telling myself right yeah if this thing is really solid and really true then it can withstand all of my questions and my interrogation and it should and if it doesn't then maybe that's not for me it wasn't for me to begin with or maybe it's not solid enough (laughs) for me to you know put my faith in or so i don't know because i'm like you i i feel I, i literally just use that word have been using that word the last couple months i feel like coming out of a hyper religious hyper conservative hyper republican environment i feel like i escaped a cult Mm -hmm. because of that mindset of just believe this and don't question it and don't ask we don't we don't know don't ask questions um no one ever said that to me but that's the approach when you do start to ask questions or you do start to say well hey this doesn't make sense to me how come the bible here talks about you know it looks like it's justifying slavery or looks like it's, you know, justifying Mm -hmm. this or that or the other. Well, just, we don't want to pay attention to the old Testament. We're just going to focus on the new Testament. You get that a lot too. You get that a lot too. No, that's not good enough for me. Like, I want to understand this. I want to know if this is something I'm going to build my whole life around that I 
want to be able to understand this. And I'm not a theologian. Like, I think if I really want to know, I've got to go to seminary or go, you know, but so it's hard. I'm not a theologian. I'm not someone who studied the ancient cultures in which the Bible was situated, you know, ancient Jewish culture. I don't, I'm not an expert on those things. And so trying to kind of work through all that <laughs> when this isn't your area of expertise, it's yeah. Yeah. Did you hear, it's a challenge. did you hear when I said, um, it appears to me that all these religions are trying to interpret the same thing. Yep. And that, a long time to me spoke volumes where I was like, I think they're all talking about, or they're trying to interpret the same thing. And when I saw that, I was like, that's kind of what helps me believe there is a God or a higher being or a creator, if you will. I don't think we're intelligent enough as humans to understand it. Yeah. And we do a really poor job of trying to understand it (laughs) and interpret it. I can see where I mean, I can definitely see where you're coming from. That's, Um, that's what I think. Because pretty much every culture and people group has a creation story, Mm -hmm. right? It may not be the same as the one that the Bible has, but there is a creation story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, um, my, my friend that I was talking about earlier, the Muslim friend, like she would, anytime I quoted a verse or from the Bible, or she quoted something from the Quran, we would be like, oh yeah, we have almost the exact same thing. And, <laughs> you know, if she was quoting from the Quran, I would say, oh yeah, we have almost that exact we same thing. We got one of those two. <laughs> and vice versa. Right. There are a lot of similarities in the text. We have a lot of the same, I mean, especially among like Islam, Judaism, and, and Christianity, right? Lots of, tons of overlap. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think that's a question too. And, you know, I tell people, some of my friends that I've, I can't believe I'm sharing all this on a podcast. I'm probably going to get super judged, but whatever, I guess I'm over that. (laughs) People judge me already. So why not? Um, but, um, you know, it's like, we have how many different denominations and, um, within Christianity itself, how many different sects, S-E-C-T-S, right, of within Christianity, and all of those think, you know, there's like Jehovah's Witness, there's Mormon, there's Protestant, there's Catholic, and then then you can break all those down even further. You know, we have Lutheran and Episcopalian and Baptist and all the, like, just hundreds. And, like, each one of those groups, I wouldn't say there's no common like no one who agrees. Right. But, Mm -hmm. you know, like Jehovah's witness, it's like, Oh, we think X number of, I think it's 144,000 or whatever it is of people are going to heaven. And those are all going to be Jehovah's witness. I I remember talking to a friend in high school about this and she's like, yeah, so we take this one scripture in revelation that talks about 144,000 people, blah, 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 you know, or going to heaven or something. And that's like what we believe. But, but she's like, but there's more Jehovah's witness than that. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, so what What now? Like what? So now you're just going to add on something else that's irrational to try to make this make sense? You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I'm not into. Like don't 
I, I don't want to, and I'm not trying to bash on them. I think there are things in Christianity that are um, like Protestant Christianity that are like that too. But it's like, if we have all these different sects within Christianity that can't even agree and think that they have the right way over the other Christian, um, you know, denominations, then I don't know. It's like we can't even agree amongst ourselves on basics, but we're going to say that we have the right way figured out amongst all the religions in the entire world. Absolutely not. You know, <laughs> it it doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. It's like, okay. <laughs> Sounds like a bunch of really confused people yeah. convinced that they're not confused. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So <laughs> let let me say this cuz I I feel very strongly about this this topic. And look how we how, look where we are by the way in I our know. in our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Um so I the thing that gives me peace at the end of the day with all this um religious or or God talk if you will what what helps me sleep at night and you or whoever's listening, you take this for what it's worth. I believe if there is a God, it is not an idiot. And you do what's, what you feel is right in your life, and then you'll be fine. Yeah. Whether there's an afterlife or not, I, I just, I, at the end of the day, I'm like, it can't be an idiot. Yeah. And if you didn't, do this, I don't know, what was it, accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I, I don't think you get there at the end, and it's, it's like, you know what, you didn't say those words, so you're, you're, you're out of here. Right. I, I don't buy that, um, not for one second. But can I tell you this real quick? I'm going to tell you yeah. something. Um, and you're kind of getting into my my other brain here, not my racism brain. My, I, there's a lot going on up here. I think I know the meaning of life. <laughs> For one forty nine ninety nine, <laughs> I'll send you the video. <laughs> Checks payable to Matthew <laughs> or Venmo me at. <laughs> I. I I really, I think I do. I, I think okay. I, I think I've personally do figured share. out the purpose and the meaning of life. And it's, 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 it's probably going to be anticlimactic. <laughs> it's really, it's really simple. And I can tell you how I got here, which is not long. Okay. This is very simple. I think life is simple. People make it complicated. I think the meaning of life is to simply be creative. Because that's all anybody and everybody is doing is being creative. You're being creative with your thoughts, with things you make, your conversation. Everything that is happening at this moment is somebody being creative. I think we have tools to just be creative, to just paint all day, paint our thoughts our world, create life, make reproduce, make music, write books, have friends, create friendship. It's all anybody and everybody is doing is being creative. 
in my opinion. Hmm. But you're a creative person. I am a creative person. So I do view the world through my lens. I'll, I'll give that disclaimer. Um, because I'm sitting here thinking, what about people who are creative in harming other people? Okay, so that's the thing. I think that applies. How? I don't think that's... I, I, I don't think... And, and obviously my thinking is flawed, okay? Because I am a human. So nobody, don't hold my feet to the fire, okay? You know, okay? <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> like I said, I do not think we are intelligent enough to understand God, if you will. Okay. okay? We, I, including me. Okay, I'm not excluded from that. <laughs> okay. But what I've noticed is people, even in those unfortunate situations, people are still being creative in a destructive way. But they're, but they're still being creative, okay? And I, I think at the end, if you will, you're judged accordingly. What'd you to do? You... What'd you do oh, with? What'd you do? What'd okay. you do with the creative tools I gave you? What'd you do with it? Okay, yeah. And that's another thing that I, I hear Christians talk about when they say God created everything. I'm like, did he create the bad? No, 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 no. He that no, no. That that's that's Satan. But wait, right. didn't he create Satan if he created everything? Well, uh, well, there's always a, well, you know, you know, that some, <laughs> this is some, this is always some explanation. A workaround. Yeah. Where it's, I mean, Besides no, no. just answering the actual question. I'm like, if he made everything or if it made everything, it made right. evil. Inconsistencies. So you got to take it all. It's got to right. be all included. So that's yep. why I said even the, the, the destructive creative um, or people being destructive with their creative abilities. I think it all. I think it all applies. I think it's all being creative. Everybody's creating something. We're creating something right now, you know. Yeah. Um. So I just think at the end you're you're just accordingly. What'd you do with the creative tools that you know we gave you or it gave you or okay, however you define okay. God. Yeah. That's where I'm at. That's my rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But you see how I say, it? I don't think that's profound. I don't think that's, I think people would be looking for some kind of grand <laughs> explanation. I'm like, I think this is what it is, man, because this is all I see. It kind of reminds me of a s- spinoff or a deeper version of, and maybe this isn't what you meant at all, but, mm-hmm. you know, I hear people say a lot that, you know, the purpose of life is like being a good person kind of thing Mm -hmm. or which yours your your analysis is a lot is not that basic right you're talking about creativity and creating things um but i think the element that you added about how you used that creativity you know whether it was for good or not so good purposes kind of reminds me of that whole i don't know just your impact on the people around you yeah you know so yeah. Yeah. That's that's my mic drop. I, I, I think I I figured out the meaning of life. Congratulations. <laughs> and I'm gonna get to the end and I'll meet God, if you will, and I'll be like, hey, was I right? <laughs> was I right or was I right? <laughs> and you were wrong. It was something else. I was like, ah, okay. I... Next. <laughs> the, he hits a button, the floor drops from from underneath me, and I fall into hell. Oh. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, 
goodness. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that is really what we're talking about when when people talk about religion is it is what's the purpose of life, right? What that, that question that you pose, that is really at the heart of it, kind of what people are trying to figure out. Like, what is life about? What is the meaning of life? What is the purpose of life? And so I do think that's something, you know, we all have to figure out. We're given brains. We're giving, we're given minds. You know, that's something we all have to figure out what we, we think that is. So. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're trying to create that, that meaning. You're trying to create mm-hmm. that purpose. You're trying to create what you want right. life to mean. Right. You're creating. <laughs> Did you, you, you hear me? <laughs> Do you hear that word that I'm using over and over again? Did you catch that? <laughs> You're trying to create meaning. Purpose. Yeah, man. I think I got it. <laughs> I got it. Sold. But in that, I do think there is right and wrong, if you will, and then you're like I said, you're judged accordingly with that. You want to create happiness, or you want to create death and destruction? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, is this a good stopping point, or do you want to keep going? Because um, I'm I'm absolutely a hundred percent hundred percent sure we did not even remotely get to what you <laughs> wanted to get to, and we're at about an hour and like twenty minutes almost. Um, what, what are you feeling? We could either, you know, we can stop here cause I know you're trying to stick to the one hour or we could keep going. You could split it up. What are you, what are um, you do you have time next weekend? Next weekend. What is next weekend? Is it Valentine's be- weekend? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I should have time unless I end up going to, um, visit my, nephews next weekend okay. but i think there's a possibility they could be out of town so um yeah so next weekend should work okay do you have like a marker there or we can pick up where we left off um yes. i don't remember what the last thing you said was from memory well we were talking about my dad and mom's relationship and the colonizer mindset of when he and i were arguing about if I'm not if I'm not Chinese, then what was my mom? Oh, and you were and, saying well, she's Christian. Christian, and then that's how. And we then got... we ran off into the hole, <laughs> which is fine. That was good. That was a good discussion too. So yeah, but that's kind of where we where we left off. Okay, so you want to pick up there uh, next yeah. Saturday or Sunday? Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Um, man, I hate to end these conversations. I, I, <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, a lot of people who listen to it, they, like, I think I've already told you this, so I'm sorry if I'm beating a dead horse. Um, they're like, man, we really like listening to you too. Um, you guys have good rapport and you guys sound like old friends. And, and I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's nice. And so, and I have, I've had people come up to me in my place of employment who didn't even, I had no idea they were listening and like people I never really talked to. And they're like, Hey man, that podcast is really good. And you guys really talk about things that people don't talk about. Or they yeah. talk around, and I, I get excited because I'm like, well, that's that's exactly what I wanted, what I want us to do. Yeah, you that's know? awesome. So I'm well, enjoying great. this, and I hope yeah, you me too, me yeah. too, absolutely. So we'll we'll pick up um, next week then. Yep. <laughs> to be continued. To be continued. Uh, thanks again for taking the time to speak with me. 
um, and I'll send you all the gold nuggets and coins I have, and I'll pay you and <laughs> <laughs> for saying all the nice things you said. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, as usual, thanks for having me. It's yeah. been great. And um, yeah, look forward to next time. Okay, talk to you soon. Okay, talk okay. to you later. Bye. Bye. Okay, we are done for today's episode. This will be out tomorrow. We record these on Saturday most of the time. And um, I put them out on Sunday, so... I hope you enjoyed this. We'll be back next week, uh, hopefully with Leah, to go ahead and finish um, or continue. We probably won't finish uh, this topic on um, racial uh, fetishes and whatnot. Uh, Thanks, and uh, talk to you guys soon. I'll find a track real quick here to send this out on. Um, I'll just hit shuffle again on a playlist and see what comes up. And I hope you guys... Enjoy your weekend.